Down the middle of the track with King Magnus below the two. Regards Marie King Magnus in the outside. King Magnus joined by Ayrton. Ayrton over the top of King Magnus and Ayrton goes home better for favourite punters. Welcome to Bet Doctor. Behind the curtain look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host Scoot. I'm in ISO. I've got a uh, positive close contact. My old man, he's, uh, he's positive for COVID. He's had one jab, but uh, he's seven days into it now, and he uh, he feels me bucks. He's an eight and a half out of ten, so he's feeling great, which is good, and everyone around him is feeling good, and uh, everyone in my family is tested negative, and friends, family, and other colleagues that have been tested have all come back negative, so we've uh, dodged a bullet there. I've tested negative twice. But uh, next Tuesday, I'll have to uh, test negative again to get back in studio. But the boys are in studio. Nico and DK holding the fort. Here we are, Scooty. Doing our yes. best. Another quiet week in racing. Very quiet. Nothing ever happened. How good's our sport? Just love it. Now, Nico, Nico, our resident morning peninsula resident. <laughs> What's been happening down there? No, yeah, a, hey? a lot. A, a lot's lot. been happening on the peninsula. Yeah. <laughs> uh. You only live up the road, do you? No, you I know was, that joint? Nowhere to be seen near there. But um, gee, it's been a, it's been a big week, hasn't it? Now they're appealing. You know, it's it's fascinating stuff, really, and how it's sort of impacted the spring carnival. We saw it last weekend. Meb, um, Preble and Meech yeah. yeah. pick up the two rides, bang one two. Like yeah. far out. There's going to be some huge opportunities for those riders, and you even see Saturday, Ollie's jumped on Argentia. Um, that was Zara's ride, so. It's going to be a fair bit of chopping and changing. We saw throughout the week, um, Damien Lane's jumped onto Very Elegant for the Cox Plate as she comes down. So there's going to be yeah. some big chopping and changing there. Just sure. have three of the elite riders out, out in one, spout, one fell swoop. was uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, never boring our sport. I said, I mean, it did risk all our livelihoods, what they did. We don't take it lightly. It's, you know, everyone's got to behave in the COVID bubble. But, um, God, I love our sport. It's never boring ever. It's fantastic. Mm. It's an interesting one. Uh, obviously, there's been uh, a lot of commentary and, and Matt Stewart and I, I, I get along really well with Matt and we've been having a bit of a tit for tat on Twitter. Matt uh, provides a daily update and he seems to be, uh, one day he's saying, oh, they've done the wrong thing. The next day, more empathy and then then he's whacked them again for getting lawyers and trying to appeal it. So um, I love you, Matty, but um, it's he just can't let it go and he just seems to push and pull like a typical, um, I guess, you know, that uh, that news corp, you feel that the journos just can't help themselves. I'd love to make them out as the villain and then ask forgiveness. And then the next thing you know, Matt will be championing mental health in a couple of weeks, but uh, they just need to drop off and get out of these people's lives. No one's doing it easy. And I'll tell you what, uh, homeschooling a couple of kids and having a newborn at home here is absolute fresh hell. So, DK, I finally understand what you go through on a week-to-week <laughs> basis. World, I'm I'm now with you, brother. Oh, mate, they're moving in the gates. You've had a fortune on one. They're coming up. What can we have for lunch and this and that? How do I do this? That on. So anyway, but anyway, that's what we've got to do. We, we can't do anything else. But um, yeah, anyway, there we go. Nico, you would have been in the cupboard last week. Uh, Bo Russell was a great find. I couldn't believe it. They got out to like $13 uh, late in betting, and I snapped that up. It was, uh, it was a sick watch, wasn't it? Oh, sick beat. Is there, is, there, is there any other watch from gate one at the moment? Oh, is there just... any other watch than sick watch? Well, I keep finding him as well. It's doing my head in, but I'm I'm going to keep betting. Um, yeah, it was a sick beat by Rossa. There was, there was nothing else to it. He should have won the race. I've no doubt about that. I think just the, the way the race panned out, it probably worked out perfect for Behemoth, and I didn't think it would. And sort of coming to the straight, I knew it was probably game over for us. I ended up backing Tefane and Bo Rossa. Not heavy, but Bo Rossa was definitely a good result. I got something out of the place there, but... Imagine the story if Michi comes out and wins that. Just owns the rides at Wokenabule and goes to Caulfield instead. Yeah. It's going to be a fascinating the, um, screen. I loved how Preble said, you know, 
uh, when he spoke about the run and where he was and what his tactics and things, and you know, he said that I had Tofano right where I wanted it and it wasn't going anywhere very soon. And you that know. was a huge tick with Preble on that horse. He's a big horse. He knew that. He was always going to dominate and dictate the race. Well, Jamie Carr was going to do the same thing. She's a bit more of a balanced kind of rider. He's a very aggressive jockey, and he just kind of bulled the other two into the position that he yeah. wanted them to be in. Yeah, so, I love that. that and that's, you know, uh, that's, that's what you love about it. Yeah. Exactly right. Aggressive and, and tactical. Love it. Tell you what, there's a, uh, a lot of good milers uh, poking their heads up. Probably was good in the Cochrane. Uh, Bo Rossiter, as we said, he, he'll, he'll get out to a mile. Ayrton was really good. Second slip was good over in Adelaide, and uh, I think Ironclad's gone a little miss, or he's had a little bit of a foot issue off that abscess. So um, he's probably in the forgive file. Um, any thoughts around those horses? Well, Ayrton was just what exactly what you want to see, isn't it? From a, from a first-up perspective, the run that Jay Allen gave it, that was what they wanted to do. They said, we'll be back off him, working home, and then he sprints home as quick as he did. It was just perfect. The fascinating part about Ayrton was he was kind of reaching like 220, 230, 240 at stages throughout the day, and then the big syndicates and the big punters, they just said, no, nah, this is the wrong price. This is a complete moral. This is a group one horse, an open handicap. Smash late in the betting, starts at eighty. Yeah, still had to pull off that big, big late, big late section to sort of get the same as Mask Crusader. I mean, they, mm. those horses can, that's what you think. Horses are resuming from... They're going to ride them quieter. They can serve. They want to conserve and finish. They've got a lot bigger things ahead. They're going to get beat if They're going to be vulnerable. It is first up from mm. those maps. And those two horses pulled off particularly big sectionals um, to show how well back they are. And that's exactly what I want to see. If you're backing them going forward, me personally, and I knew you would too, that's what you want to see from them first Yeah, up. you want to see them strong late. Gee, last Saturday was just a, a little entree to how good this spring potentially could be. Like with Probabil winning, the Sroop at Clark Oaken is going to be the race of the early spring. You're going to have Behemoth v Probabil v Bo Rossa. Yep. Bo is going to drop about six and a half, seven kilos in the weights, back to handicap level. Behemoth's probably going to have top weight. There's been some jockey changing. I think Preble jumps on Probabil. Willow jumps back on Behemoth. So it is going to be a real race. That's probably the thing I'm I'm really looking forward to in this early spring. I know we've got some good horses in Sydney this weekend with Nature Trip and Zaki. But um, that's Rupert Clark. It's going to be a hot, hot race. And just, just, just for comparison, like we saw Ironclad pulled up sore because he had that hoof abscess and he had the issue before the race and that. But he, he, that race, as it turned, he had a gut buster anyway. That was a high pressure race. Mm. He's caught three wide the trip. Had to work on the bend. Now you look at that first up run, which was a complete empty out, and he's pulled up a bit sore con- compared to the runs at say Trolley Rose, nice and soft working home, Ayrton, Mask Crusader. Mm. They're, they're the sort of you know, as a punter going forward, you want those horses that get get home with something in the bank that. And the, and the trainers want, want their horses back in good pieces after first up runs. Oh, you have a gut buster first up. It can really leave a horse in all sorts for the rest of their preparation. Yeah. Um, you, can, you see it time and time again, especially in some of those bigger races. Um, can be hard to bring a horse back if they're not fully fit and then go out and have a real sort of big exertion. Um, yeah, it can be hard from a trainer's point of view to get him back and, you know, sweet at the right level they need him for sure. Mm. Mm. I thought, yeah, you touched upon one there of mine as Charlie Rose. I thought her trials were probably a little bit quiet, but uh, it was a really good return in the heavily. I think she's um, right on track and she may benefit from a few of those international horses not coming out in uh, the Cup's path. She's probably more suited to a Melbourne Cup. So I think uh, if you can forgive her Adelaide Cup, Run, she's uh, she's one of our best chances. Yeah, no, for sure, and that's that heavily the way there's that race set up. It's just nice for all those horses going forward. It was like a, it was run a very soft tempo. Even horses back in the field like Vow and Declare, Miami Bound, all ran quick last sections, even though they got beaten a long way. Vow and Declare was the third fastest last 200 meters of yeah, the day behind yeah. Mask Crusader and Anton. So it's just what you want to see. You want to see them having a nice, nice hit out, hitting the line late, 
for their for their bigger targets up forward. So yeah, and, and Trialy Rose was another one. That was a sick. Oh, here he is, sausage dog. What's he doing? Rexy, Rexy. Yeah, the postman or uh, someone must be dropping off another deliver. It's, it's the only way we can get anything into uh, the home ISO here. But uh, just on uh, Sydney racing, the uh, the slipper hoodoo continues. Stay inside was a bit disappointing on the weekend, and uh, Palelli, a horse that we've spoken about for the last two weeks, uh, he got the job done nicely, and but. Um, Probably questions need to be asked about staying inside. Do we? Are we? What are we doing with that? We spoke. We'll speak to Mark Lamborn about it. That eleven hundred at Kembla. You know, they, they sort of made that funny distance and cast, and then the horses sort of loomed, and they just couldn't come on, and the leader kept kicking, and and then the pattern of the day was sort of like that anyway, weren't they? They were scooting home, but mm. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but he was particularly. Averaged his last hundred stages. Yeah, he did a lot of work throughout the middle stages of the race to get into the race, and then he's probably just in the worst part of the track. But it doesn't look good if you're Newgate Farm and you've uh, bought mm. into him for millions of dollars. I'd imagine he runs second last first up. That's the risk they run in it. Isn't it amazing the gap between uh, the two and three year old seasons? It's uh, incredible. There's uh, there's someone else actually. A little snippet that I received overnight. One of our friends of the show. He's also in hotel quarantine up in Sydney. I tell you what. He's uh he's kicking his heels. Have a look at this. I think he's in the Stanford up in uh, up in Sydney. This is Casey McCutcheon, Mint Bet. Have a look at this setup. Was he got, got the racing.com on two TVs? Now, hang on. Hey. He wasn't in. He didn't start in that room. He's he's requested a transfer. Did you see the one they put him in to start? <laughs> it was he was in like an absolute one room thing with kids and stuff, shit everywhere. He's in a world of nightmare. Then he's obviously. I will move you when someone else moves out. Now he's got the three-bedroom suite. How big? He might have had a big weekend and just <laughs> slipped him something under the door. Slipped him something with the upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> tell you what, uh, yeah, two kids in one room, you would be, uh, you'd be absolutely oh, battling. We might try right, and get yeah. him on uh, next week's show. I think he might like the chop out. I think he's got another 10, 10 days, nine or 10 days. So I'm tipping yeah, his, uh, here, right. in for the long haul there, Case, but it'll be great to see him off his uh, UK jaunt. I'm sure he's... Uh, Got a couple of new addictions with UK racing. It's very, uh, it's very entertaining stuff. That and uh, the ISO over in uh, England, he's gone through it all before, so he might have some tips to get us through the next uh, stages of COVID because it's starting to take a hold. Not only Melbourne, but uh, definitely Sydney. But luckily, the races are back in uh, Randwick this week. It's uh, it's a real funny one up there. The uh, Rose Hill track is in one of the hot spots, but Randwick they can still uh, race there. As there's less COVID around that community, so it's going to be. Uh, a game of cat and mouse up there in Sydney, that is for sure. We've got uh, Mark Lamb. We're going to talk about the Chelmsford and we'll talk about Nature Strip. He won a trial recently. Shane Adair is going to talk about Adelaide. He's found a couple. There's a horse that is dual nominated, really short in the market, and uh, he thinks it's a moral if it goes to Adelaide. So it'll be interesting to see where that lobs. But uh, it's Fiend Stakes Day. They've uh, they've given uh, Dardo Tinchim Nam and the absolute uh, kyber there, but uh, now it's back to Fiend Stakes Day. So Anyone listening from uh, Mooney Valley, Alistair Dwyer, we might have to uh, find out why they've uh, reverted back to the Fiend Stakes. Very confusing. I wish they'd just call them by their traditional names and and move on with it and attach a sponsor's name. But uh, should we uh, get straight into the Valley, Nico? The uh, the Race 7, the uh, Chautauqua Stakes, is a uh, another little uh, rebranded race here. And let's have a look at the betting odds, courtesy of topsport.com.au on the screen. And it looks like away games are favourite here. Five dollars. Bella Nipotina five fifty. Pintoff six fifty. Ancestry eight dollars. Wild Planet eight. Riddle me that eleven. Asar thirteen dollars. Express Pass sixteen. Front page eighteen dollars. Great again eighteen dollars and twenty one dollars. About Kalkani Royale and Order of Command. 
And Nico, uh, you're going well outside the market here, and we're going to have a look at uh, order of command, last start in the Aussie Star Stakes. Yeah, he's in the O'Brien colours. Willow on back to the inside there on the fence. He just never really gets a crack at him in this replay. He sort of howl up at crucial stages in the race and never really has a full chance to really let down and hit the line. The same thing happened in the Monash where he was just stuck behind runners and probably should have gone close to winning that race. Now, he comes to this race, the Chautauqua Stakes, uh, the old McLeod, and I think it looks a good setup for him. He gets Ollie back on. He's going to draw sort of barrier number eight there. Um, potentially could be in... One of the better parts of the track, I imagine he'll be sort of blending in the race, maybe three wide, potentially maybe getting to lane two or one if Ollie can give him a really good ride. And I think he's just ready really to do something this uh, start. He's going to be potentially on a very wet track, which he seems to like. You go back to his form last operation, he ran second in the Galaxy behind Eduardo on a soft seven. I think the wet track there on Saturday, um, they're predicting like 40 mils of rain on Friday and then potential 10 on Saturday. So there could be a chance this track's well and truly in the heavy range. And if it is at that level, he is right in a race like this. And I think he's going well enough to give this a shake. I thought $21 was probably overs. It's a deep race. There's a fair few chances. It's a, a race where it's got a bit of a mumbled up speed map and no one really knows what's going to go on there. But I think he's really ready to do something source. And I think the, um, the beneficial part to his probably chances there on Saturday will be a very wet track. Yeah, spot on. Yeah, that was, that was what I saw, saw thought, Nico. As soon as it's in the forecast, if you're doing the early form, you're probably plan A's to find the wet tracker because that it's going to probably be that way. You know? He's fourth up. Like, he's going to be fully fit. Yeah. I thought last night he, he walked a bit average in the yard, so okay. I'll be really watching to see him there on Saturday to see if he improves that. If he improves that walk, he can definitely um, go on with it again. So... Look, I think he's just really ready to win. He's had a few hidden runs. Ollie goes aboard. He's absolutely flying. Um, O'Brien's not going that great, but this horse is, he's been racing well this preparation just without luck. So I thought wet track, a few of these are a bit hit and miss, drawn wide. Um, yeah, I thought he was definitely in the so game. So well, I was listening to O'Brien on uh, with BZ last night on um, .com and uh, he sort of said this part of August is like pre-season for him. Still now, you know, going into the first round, sort of start of September. So um, even though everyone's been commenting on what his stats have been like through the these winter months, it's just been all his B, Cs and B graders. Yeah, well, not even B graders. B, I wouldn't no, have got C graders. C grade, yeah. Mainly. So, yeah, so um, I'd be expecting, though, Brian Camp to start really, really ramping it up. Well, they had Inspirational Girl last week who ran well in the Memsey. They got Superstorm in the Fee-In. So they're good horses are back. Miami Bounds back. Um, yeah, I'd be expecting he's sort starting. Sort of way down to clear, hit the line. He's starting to turn the corner mm. um, sort of throughout Which the derby and all but, that. But his, his goals are, you know, late October, November, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, he'll be probably flying then and we'll be mm. tipping him and everything. <laughs> a horse that uh, I found in this race, Nico, was uh, was Wild Planet. I think it might have come to the end of its prep uh, last run. But uh, if they've got it wound up, ready to go first up, this is a horse that doesn't mind sticking out. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably um, the issue with him. Where is he at in his preparation? He's kind of semi-first up. I know he raced deep into the Brisbane mm. winner. He's running the Zumbin 10,000. If he can replicate that here, he should be favourite. Yeah. Um, jump out was pretty quiet. I'd just be questioning where they're sort of at in their preparation with him. But um, at, even still, $8 looks attractive. Like he probably should have won the Zumbin 10,000. He didn't have a lot of luck there. So you yeah. factor that in. Um, I could definitely have something on him. I think Asar can potentially bounce back. His blinkers on, jumped out well since his last run. Um, it's a deep race. You could definitely find a, a few angles and look to back a few of them. Like Dalasan's coming off a third to very elegant and a day up in a Queen Elizabeth. He's sitting here at 30 to 1. 
Mm. Um, he's 1,200 metre for me. He started favourite at Manfred. Last race, he ran second to Behemoth in a spring stake, started $3.60, and he's sitting here at 30 to 1. Mm. No, he's got bigger sort of things inside, but he never runs poor. Goes really yeah. well on a wet track, too. If it's soft, I don't think he likes bottomless, but um, well, yeah, you've got a big finish. Man, funny, I think they ran him over 1,200 first up uh, last prep, which I didn't think suited. And obviously, he was the horse that I tipped at about 50 to 1. Was in the big group one yes. over sixteen hundred, uh, and he didn't let you, didn't let you down. No, he, oh, you did a great deal. You did a great job at uh, ten about ten or twelve dollars a slot there. So, um, I think he'd be probably worth a place bet. I don't think he's a winner. I don't think he's probably sharp enough over over the twelve hundred. But definitely, you could uh, throw something on him to place. Yeah, I'm probably looking to uh, order command. Probably, you know, one by three sort of scenario. Mm. Mm. The better the better, the more yeah, mm. more confident, the more rain. See how much rain we get. All right, let's have a look at uh, the rebranded uh, fee and stakes. Odds courtesy of Top Sport on the uh, screen. It's a uh, bit of a lacklustre fee, and I think. Uh, Sierra Sioux, $5. Superstorm, $5. Elephant, uh, 6 Shot of Irish, 11 The Chosen One is $11. It's a real blinkers horse. I love when Murray Baker puts the blinkers back on him. Nonconformist, $12. Slightly disappointing last preparation. Had big hype around that runner. Best of days, 14 Dawn Patrol, 16 uh, realm of flowers there's a lot of people that uh, like this on the on, you know looking for the cups perspective 18 dollars in the fee and it's had uh, some really big uh, cups horses resume in it fiorente was one um there's been a handful of horses that have used this as the uh the kickoff point so maybe a big run uh, expected from realm of flowers and uh, you can get 21 dollars and better the rest you're going to have a look at the replay of elephant last start nico yeah, he's the fresh horse on the scene, isn't he? This is his uh, win first up here in Australia. He was well supported in the market, 420 into $3.70 late. was given a great ride by D Lane, but gee, he produced, I think, a very good win here off a very fast early tempo. They went nine lengths above to the 600-meter mark. He's sitting sort of just behind that beat speed going seven and a half lengths above. Um, if there was any sort of fitness or queries of where he was at um, in his preparation, he definitely knocked those on the head with these with this win. I know you could probably come out and say he hasn't beat much, but the overall figure he's run, the back end of his race is probably the best part, to be honest. Looking at his um, sectionals, he's really strong weight. That final 200, he's run at three lengths above um, relative to the punting form all benchmark. I think he gets a lovely run here from barrier number one. There's good speed. He should probably just stalk that. He's going to need a gap by Rossa style, but if he can find that gap, I think he's going to be pretty hard to beat here. Um, there's a few of these that are going to be right back in the field. Superstorm just has no early speed. Barrier number five. I think he's definitely the danger. He's a class horse in the race. He ran a good race in a Golden Eagle on a wet track, so I don't know if that will really hinder his chances too much there on Saturday. Um, I couldn't have Sierra Sue. I marked her double the price. She looks away for me in the race. That Lawrence form, I just don't think it's good enough. There's a lot of these here that are first up looking for cups sort of campaigns. Lane one at Mooney Valley just could be the place to be there on Saturday. He's going to be there, ride on speed, stalking. Um, I suppose the... The old sort of theory, DK, a lot of people sort of your age would be looking at this and say, well, he's a, a handicap raider of <laughs> yeah, what, oh yeah, that'd be, yeah, 82. Be he's, got to carry, there, he's got to carry level weights, you know, with 110 raiders here, but mm. I think he could get to that level. And this is a, I marked him $3.60. I think there's no doubt about it. He'll handle the wet wow. track. He's from New Zealand. He's by shocking. None of them. When's yeah, the last New Zealand horse you said that didn't handle a wet track? track? That's it. It's in the DNA. But oh, we're, we're a hardy bunch of... Uh, Punters, I mean, you're just the burial of the low draw. You're buttering up again. I mean, so you just <laughs> you like the. Well, you know, it's just you it's know it. what you're in. There's got to be some pain there at some stage. He's going to have to get the brakes, but we're just 
We just keep buttering up. Like Sovereign Award, she led a really fast tempo last night. Ben Allen has his, I think, his first ride on her. So if she gets going like she can and just pulls her way out, like it could just open up this field and allow guts for Curry just to um, get off the fence at a certain stage in the run. Look, I really think it's a two-horse race between him and Superstorm. Like I said, I think Sierra Sousa lay. Superstorm will be charging at him late. Um, But, yeah, Elephant's going to have every single favour in this uh, map position. Lane one, Rail Truman, Valley on a wet track. It can be red hot. It can be, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Any – what – the jockeys – the jockeys. Now, D-Lane's on the chosen one. I I think this would have been – like, people are going to look at this. Like, D-Lane's jumped off, but – that might have been to a prior commitment, like yeah. the chosen one. Like he's didn't he get the late call up on Elephant Tours? He said, "Oh, they rang me during the week," and I said, "Yeah, yeah. I'll ride it or something." I didn't have a ride or something. And like the chosen one, probably ran third in a Caulfield Cup. D Lane's probably maybe not locked in there, but he's probably looking towards you know a Cups ride. Who can yeah. I jump yeah. on? Could be a week year with inter- no internationals potentially not coming. Yeah. Um, this will be an interesting race from a Cups point of view. Dawn Patrol is a very smart horse. He ran third to Tiger Moth and Santiago overseas, so. We know how good Tiger Moth is. Of course, he ran second in last year's Melbourne Cup. I've actually backed him in the Cup at 40. So I want to see a, a nice run here, but he's been in quarantine. Um, he was at the Micklum Quarantine Centre, uh-huh. which I think right. I think it's like scoot quarantine. You just, you're locked in the box for 14 days. So I don't know how much work he's sort of done leading into this, but um, he'll be getting back in the line. The chosen one's probably on a Cup's preparation as well. Chapada Sound, Port Guillermet, he tried um, okay there at Cranbourne. He's probably in the same boat, but yeah. Elephant, I think he's going to be hard to beat. I'm happy to back him. What um what really took me about uh, Elephant and its uh its first start here at uh, Caulfield was a the amount of money for it. It was absolutely backed as if uh, it had much much bigger races in mind. And the other thing was it only arrived off the plane on Thursday and it went round on a Saturday. Like I'm not sure how many horses uh, are accustomed to that, but. To jump off a plane on a Thursday and then win like he did on Saturday, that's pretty impressive for mine, don't you think, DK? And and I believe, listening to the trainer again last night, um, she said it missed some crucial gallops in the lead up to that run. So mm. they'll be she was a bit well, a bit worried about its fitness levels. And then and how easy has it done it? And they've gone ten lengths above to the six hundred and been strong late. Like it's just uh, could yeah, be a good horse five in a row. Like he just could be a good horse. Yeah. So yeah, interesting, interesting, but uh, very good. It's mm. a it's a yeah, it's a fascinating runner for mine, and it's uh, it should be good racing out there on Saturday. And if uh, if you want uh, Nico's final thoughts, you can get his uh, mounting our mail service. He uh, dropped a sixteen dollar winner and actually tipped the first four yesterday at Sandown. He's uh, starting to see them well yet again, but it's eleven dollars a meeting or twenty two bucks a week, and it's all via the Telegram app. So you get his uh, last minute thoughts. In the last three to five minutes, he does a jump out. He uses punning form and takes everything into account to uh, do his analysis. So make sure you uh, get around Nico. He's uh, he's the man you want to be with all through spring on your Wednesdays and Saturday metros. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk to Shane Adair and he's going to tip us a couple in Morphville. Welcome back to Bet Doctor. Behind the curtain, look at how pro punters operate. Yeah, it's an ISO edition. We've got DK and Nico in studio. I'm in fresh hell in ISO, and it's time to talk Adelaide racing with Beat the Bagman, Shane Adair. Welcome back. Nice to be back, guys. Yeah, tipped a couple of winners. I uh, ducked off to Mornington to meet up with a couple of mates in the last couple of weeks. That was nice. And um, yeah, back to uh, hopefully find a few winners uh, on Saturday. Uh, sensational stuff. And it's, uh, it's Fee and Stakes this weekend at uh, Mooney Valley. And you've got a uh, quirky little stat for us, Bagman. I'm too young to know this. 
The uh, what was the stats screen? <laughs> you caught me on the hop there. Was the jumps race or something? Oh, right, yes. Well, it was the Dato Tanchin there, wasn't it? And then we're back to the Fiend. On, I suggested it's been reverted back to the Fiend because it's now a uh, glorified jumper's flat, which didn't go too well with the uh, main <laughs> owner of Britannicus over here. But uh, as we said, play on. Oh, please. It's a glorified for the golden ticket. Golden ticket. There was always the Fiend when I was a kid. It was a big, always a big meeting coming down to Mooney Valley back in the day. But, uh, but it's a weird, wasn't it? I don't know why they've uh, given the Dardo Tan Chim Nam the, uh, the the Kyber there. It's uh, it's a really weird scenario. But uh, yeah, I can remember as a kid uh, watching the jumps at Mooney Valley. It used to be uh, outstanding stuff, great little spectacle. But um, they used to have jumps racing at Morfittville as well. Once upon a time, they still do they used to have jumps racing everywhere, Scoot, back in the day. <laughs> but, yeah, Caulfield had it as well. And, uh, yes, it's a, uh, a bygone era, mate. But, yeah, the Metro jumps was a, a big part of the winter calendar back in the day. Mm, all right, let's have a look at uh, race seven. Let's try and find a winner this week. It's uh, the dominant benchmark 60. We've got odds courtesy of Top Sport on the screen now. And there's two sharing favouritism here, Nikhil and Turfett at the $5 line. You've got uh, another free glass at $6.50, Apache starts $7 and better the rest. We're going to have a look at uh, another free glass in the green silks on the fence. Uh, we've got pretty strong form here around Melody Man. Yeah, I thought this was an excellent run last start by another free glass. Um, it came straight out of a maiden. It's gone straight to Metropolitan Grade. What you don't see in this replay is, is that it's taken off mid-race, circled the field, taken up the running. It's kicked really strongly in the straight. Melody Man has had an absolute peach of a run in transit and run away to score nicely, but another free glass has held the rest of them off quite clearly. This doesn't look any harder on Saturday. Um, I think it's a horse on the way up. He'll get a nice run just behind the speed for Emily Finnegan. I'm uh, happy to back Sue Yench's runners in Adelaide, in town. She's a fantastic strike rate and been a top trainer in this state now for a, a good many a year. So I think uh, another free glass, currently six fifty and a bit over $2 the place. Maybe a Beniscari one by three play on that, that one, I think, Scoot. Mm, Benny, uh, Benny Tubets, he's uh, a shrewd judge. Benny, any thoughts on this race, uh, Nico or DK? Yeah, I actually had a look at this race because uh, my old man was going to have a runner, unfair dismissal. He hasn't scratched it yet, I don't think, so there might be some deductions to come out there. His blood picture isn't 100%, so he won't be going. But, um, yeah, I thought the danger to our horse if we were going to run was another free glass, so I could definitely come in there. How about Kayla? Um, not Kayla, Emily Finnegan. Yeah. Bagman, two starts ago, full-on right-hand blinker, nearly took out half the field <laughs> when she came out in the maiden. On this horse, yeah. Yeah, but she's... Yeah. Um, I was going to say, Bagman, would it would have different rider ridden that differently? Like, it would T. Penella have made that mid-race move, you think, the other day? Did she mm. maybe – she doesn't ride a lot of winners these days, Emily Finnegan. I know she rides for Sue Yench a lot, though. But, yeah, um, well, I'm she's, just... she's just come back from a lengthy layoff, so oh, right. okay. uh, yeah, it's gotcha. um, starting to build that profile back up again. She did win a listed race for me back in the day, so I've got uh, very good memories oh, of Emily for uh, the Bagman camp. So, look, I, as you said, it was a bold move. Um, I do like jockeys being proactive, though, in their races. I don't think there's anything worse than as a punter you're seeing mm. it just play out in front of them and nothing happens from the rider. So uh, I think uh, it was a bold move. It didn't quite pay off, but the horse was good and nothing can get a, a, a bit better run in transit on Saturday. It can be right in the finish. Well, that, that was the difference. I mean, Melody Man had 
every had the most beautiful run, and she helped it by coming around, putting some speed on, and he just got the he was in he might have been in the coffin because the taste went on. He just got out and had every possible repaid the punters. She can believe it's Melody Man. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so she can be the one who can benefit from that sort of run from the better draw this week. Mm. Do you think the market will fancy this runner Bagman with uh, E Finnegan? Do you reckon I'll take her on? I think they will, Scoot. I, I don't think there'll be a massive support there. Um, the Sue Yench yard is quite popular with punters. Quite a high strike rate, stable. So, uh, look, I think Finnegan will probably make that price keep as is. I couldn't expect any uh, firm plunge there towards another free glass. Outstanding stuff. Let's have a look at uh, race number nine. We'll go looking for another winner. Chalk Hill, benchmark 68. I think we've all been there. Uh, the favourite here is Taunting at two oh five. Second in the market is in Chanley at $4. Picardo, $7. And then you can get about $10 or better the redder. Better the rest, sorry. And uh, the horse that you like here, uh, Bagman, is Taunting. It's first up. Let's have a look at its last start win first in the uh, the blue, the Michael Hickmont uh, colours. Uh, out in front there by the look of it. Yeah, this is at uh, Gawler. It's had a, a bit of a freshen up since this run. It actually beat uh, Keep Reading this day, who went to town uh, shortly after and put away a field there at around two to one on. So the, the form has stacked up. Interesting to note, Taunting is also accepted at Mooney Valley on Saturday, and it goes around at around $3.50 in a race worth about triple the amount that um, it is currently at Morpherville. So uh, it might be heading that way. If it stays here in Adelaide, though, it will be winning. It um, has a nomination for the Caulfield Guineas and Cox Plate. So if you want to be taking a part of the field in South Australia, I'd imagine if to warrant up to that expectation. I know the stable has a very high rap on it. Jess Eaton rides. I think it looks awfully hard to beat. What did you think, guys? Yeah, we'll, we'll just um, we'll just zip up its last trial, actually. It's just trialled uh, about a week ago last Friday, and you can sort of see it zip home out wide. Uh, just I like I like the versatility of Shady and the like it's been on pace horse, but it just sat back and rounded them up under you know yeah. just under just what you want to see from a horse coming back um, and shows yeah, the versatility versatility yes, in doing it. Yeah, it really hit that line hard in this trial. The, the last Wide 150 metres really really lets down sharply and. Uh, it looks right on track for a first up tilt. Maybe that's the signal to uh, it's going to Victoria, possibly, on the uh, sharpness of this trial. But um, we'll wait and see what the Michael Hickmont yard does. If it does stay in Adelaide, it looks awfully hard to beat and happy to take around that even money. Well, even if he does come to Victoria, he's in a pretty strong three-odd race, but he's going to be riding contention. Uh, I had a good look at this horse doing the form for the Mooney Valley meeting. Like the trial, I suppose he's the big sort of thing for mine was he's run two starts ago at Morpherville. He's for the 200-metre section there on the punting form data. He's run at six and a half lengths above. So mm. that real time of the race where they really ask for an effort from that four of the two, it gives. that is a super um, effort there. So, yeah, some of the, the figures he's run there and the closing splits he has suggest he's a pretty smart horse. I know there's a few smart judges around sort of tipping him for um, stronger races. And I think Hickmont uh, came out early in the week and said it's one of the better horses he's ever put a saddle on. So yeah, there's a bit of a tip right. around. Be Preble, sure. be Preble in Melbourne too, which is no disrespect to Jess, but... Um, B Preble's got to be got to add something, and I'm just just those colours, Nick. These the um, Seymour Bloodstock colours. Geez, they're popping up. They're having a real crack, aren't Airborne, they? Yeah. Airborne, they're, they're popping up everywhere, and they've got a lot of good horses coming through. So they're having a real crack. See yeah. those colours prolific through the spring. There's a few uh, down at the Busset Camp too. DK, those. Yes, those yeah, <laughs> yeah, good. Didn't one get beat a dollar forty the other day? Benella, <laughs> beaut. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I couldn't go. help myself. It was a, <laughs> uh, an absolute uh, soda, and I just had to put that one away. 
Uh, any other news over in uh, SA Bagman? You've got COVID under control. Oh, you know, they haven't. No, no. The truck drivers have been dragging it through. They've kept down the logo into lockdown. Oh, I'm no. Dollar ninety. About a week's time. You'll be joining the rest of us, mate. Right. You can't. Delta, mate. You can't beat Delta. <laughs> We definitely uh, will be doing a cross one day for uh, Beat the Bagman or Johnny Kelton. They'll be doing it out of the medical ho- hotel. If you ping uh, a COVID yeah, positive, they'll right. just drag that's you right. out of your house and take you into a COVID uh, Removed hospital. Removed by force. I'm actually doing better than you guys over there. <laughs> Judging by that chandelier behind your head there, Scoot, you're doing better than all of us, mate. Fuck, it's full. I just need someone to uh, babysit the kids. There's three kids in here, absolute fresh hell, so I've bribed them all off the other end of the house because this is the strongest signal for internet. Bagman, I hope uh, I hope Tawning uh, takes its part at Morfittville for sure. That looks like an absolute uh, steal. The 205 at Top Sport won't last if it's going that, that way. And as... Uh, and Nico Noonan said his spies are all over this horse as well. So uh, make sure you uh, you get your early grubbery done there once you uh, find out which way it's going. Thanks for joining us in this uh, chaotic little episode. But uh, good luck on the punt this week and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Nice to speak to you all again. Good luck on the weekend. Run your bagman. Thanks, mate. No matter uh, whether Tawning is in Melbourne or Adelaide, make sure you're betting this week with topsport.com.au. They're Australia's biggest betting bookie. They will take you on. They don't uh, reject bets. They uh, open the bag and have a good little batter. battle, Hunter versus Bookie. So make sure you give topsport.com.au a go. Up next, we'll talk Sydney Racing with Mark. Welcome back to Bet Doctor. Behind the curtain, look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot, and we've got DK and Nico in studio. Now it's time to talk to the godfather of pearls, Mark Lamborn, up in Sydney. How are you? Yes, well, looking okay at the moment, uh, Scoot. Obviously, we're um, uh, morning, Nico and uh, DK. We're um, looking at some pretty summerish weather leading into a feature meeting at Randwick on Saturday, uh, but it gets tricky because it's supposed to start raining at two o'clock on Saturday. So um, we'll have to wait and see on that one um, whether we get through this meeting unscathed or not. And that does coincide with the first group race, which is the 1,000-metre, well, it's a, I suppose it's an Everest lead-up, uh, Nature Strip returns. And uh, he is seeking to win back-to-back races for only the second time for Chris Waller, and this will be his eighth go at trying to win back-to-back races with Waller. It was interesting, his trial, wasn't it, uh, Mark? He trialled like a Learjet and... Uh... Glenn Schofield partnered him. I think Glenn could be back. Any truth? <laughs> Good Glenn. Well, Glenn's certainly riding the trials <laughs> at the moment because they're restricted to uh, track work riders, and Glenn's clearly fitting that uh, fitting that capacity at the moment. Interesting in Sydney. Like last week we had Rose Hill at Kembla because it was in a hot spot LGA, but it's all okay to race in Randwick at the moment, even though that COVID sort of everywhere in Sydney anyway. Well, it it's haves and have nots in Sydney because if you look at the uh, look at the map of cases, um, it's predominantly west of the inner west, let's say. Mm. So as soon as you get towards Canterbury, um, it's all over Red Rover. So currently, inner west city, eastern suburbs, Sutherland Shire, North Shore are relative. Well, they're light on cases, put it that way. Mm. Yeah. So uh, next week we've got to go to Gosford instead of Canterbury on Wednesday, and it'll be back to Kembla for another Rose Hill at Kembla on Saturday week. Mm. It's a yeah, it's a, yeah. As a Melbourneian, it's 
a little bit hard to get my head around. But uh, there's, there's a similar here with our cases differently though, in North Korea. Our cases are predominantly north, north, north and yeah. northwest. So something about that west. Just before we go into the weekend, how's that Kenzo track going up there, Let Mark? What, what, well, everyone was complaining about it yesterday. They went forward and they they, they stuck on yesterday. It happens often at Kenzo. It's a it's a get on pace track. Uh, there was only one winner from an inside draw. Everyone was saying, "Oh, fence on fire." Well, you know, I just think it's it, it suits horses to get up there. They're, we're also dealing with midweek horses, so they're not necessarily turn of foot horses. Um, you know, uh, I I think there was a little bit too much grizzling about it yesterday. But um, look, it's been used and used and used and used, so maybe that's got something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Couldn't the Kensington track play as the backup for the Rose Hill track, and you just race? One week at Kensington, one week at Randwick. Yeah, I, I, I just think that uh, it is somewhat maligned, despite the fact that um, it's it's a very workable, usable track. I think uh, there is some uh, reluctance to actually use it as a Saturday track. Because mm, we saw last week at Kim Grange, like the 1100 metre race, the San Dominico, mm. like they were straight onto a bend, like you were saying, and Pulele, um that was funny. Watch that race. Oh, they, like sort of, they, all race loomed, they all loomed and then they all sort of stopped. Or the leader just kept. It just doesn't feel like a metro track, yeah. does it? Kemler Grange, what we saw last Saturday, I would have thought Kensington would have been the perfect backup. But um, yeah, I suppose they're smarter people than me making the decisions. Well, sure? I say, look, you know, I think also with no one on course, there's no uh, desperation to actually run at the Randwick Precinct every week. Um, clearly, if we had some patrons, that would be a very different matter. But um, look, I agree with you. Kembla is not. You know, it's, it's a good solid track, but it's not a Saturday track. And um, that idea to run the 1100 was disastrous. They just should have made it a thousand metres. But I suppose yeah. uh, there were golden rose considerations. Anyway, we know what we're doing now. All right, let's um, let's have a look at uh, Randwick, the course proper, and let's have a look at the Chelmsford Stakes. We've got uh, Cascadian leading the betting there. It was tipped up by Daniel O'Sullivan uh, last start, and uh, I think it was at twelve dollars into seven. Run a nice fifth, but three sixty on top of the market there. Think it over. Comes out of the same race, four forty. She's ideal. Was another uh, bottle of fresh seven dollars. Shared ambition was first up here, eight dollars. Cucaracha, eight fifty. Thirteen dollars. Montefilia, another one first up, and then you've got Master of Wine. There was a bit of money for it last time. Order again. We're still having nightmares about the scone cut with that one, and then you've got some. Uh, Bigger price horses, Dashing will be 26, Nancho, and much, much better the rest. We're going to have a look at uh, the Wink Stakes. And uh, what did you learn from this about uh, Cascadian and think it over, Mark? Well, you can see Cascadian, he's in the Godolphin Blue. So he's actually, he did get handle, handled mm. there by uh, one of those roughies that uh, came out on him. It might have been Master of Wine, actually. But um, I, look, he uh, had his running impeded and worked the line nicely, as did lots of them. I think Think It Over was the, uh, the perhaps the highlight horse for the race for me because he just got in that sort of squeeze box and um, didn't have the momentum that certainly Cascadian and She's Ideal um, uh, ma- managed to find sort of at the 300-metre mark were topping the rise. Um She's idea looks very poorly drawn on Saturday in a race that lacks tempo. Uh, it certainly won't be run as, as honestly as the Wink Stakes was. Uh, I think that's why, you, why we've seen a move for Shared Ambition, who looks to get forward fresh from its Brisbane campaign. Um, so I understand the move there. Um, and look, I think Think It Over has got some tactical speed. Uh, it's funny to think of him as a, uh, a feature horse 
I mean, 12 months ago, he was just trying to win his benchmarks, but this, this happens with these older horses. And Adam Blenko's made a very good point about the, the four-year-olds being a bit of a shit crop. And so um, uh, that's perhaps aiding these older horses in these style of races. Um, I worked hard on this race this morning, and the two likelies are the top two. Cascadian has, as you mentioned, been heavily backed, not just last start, but the start before that and in the Doncaster, of course, carried the infamous Jamie Carr on that occasion and following that in the all-age stakes. Um, Huey's the perfect Bastillion. He's riding at the peak of his powers and um, uh, this horse has got to turn a foot. Um, having said that, I think Think It Over will be in front of him in the run. I'm not sure what to do with Nash on Saturday because he, he, of course, has been out for two weeks with that displaced fracture, non-displaced fracture, sorry, of the foot and he turns up for the first time on four moves ahead two races earlier uh so he's four moves ahead dream force him to think it over uh and another two rides after that i don't i don't know what to think about that um it's been two it'll be two weeks and two days since he had that incident at hawkesbury and um it'll be interesting to see how the boot how the how, how the boot fits well, he's, got to be jabbed, he's got to be jabbed up, foot. I would have thought. I've had a, I've had a undisplaced fracture and it kills. No That's good. Not, not good. Not good. But he's sore, so um, yeah, anyway, so he must be jabbed up or get some cortisone in it or something to get back. So. You'd think it'd have to be a positive Nash going on for James in his junior, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's a start. Well, of course it is, and and, and the switch and draw, you know, the sort of it's a, it's a goldenish switch. It's you know inside to outside. Um, so in a race that does lack tempo. Um, as I mentioned, shared ambition looks set to go forward. I, you know, I'd be surprised if Think It Over wasn't pushing across to uh, to race in the first four there. Um, the you know, so the uh, as, as I mentioned before, she's ideal, which was the flashing light of the Wink Stakes, and has just been a massive overachiever in the last six months. Uh, she looks to be rails me back in a, a bit of a dawdle, so that doesn't look too good. Montefilia is uh, a query runner. She. Um, she was probably as good a run as Moanga in the Rose Hill Guineas and then went very flat in the Derby and the Oaks. Uh, David Payne, is his horses are running through brick walls at the moment, which we don't often see, but when we do, uh, things happen. Um, so I have to say that I couldn't mark her as long as she is in the market, not uh, making a, a really big case for her. I'm surprised that J-Mac is not on shared ambition. Kukaracha is... Um, well, I don't want to... Well, I'm tempted not to underestimate him because of the rider booking, but uh, you know we saw him at Hawksby perfectly ridden by J Mac and and good old Berdebeck, um, the the winner of the Greys race at Flemington last year. He, he uh, nailed him quite easily. Um, so that's probably what I've got to say from the race. I'm saying one from two, um, looking to pot number thirteen, but uh, I think the, the market is sort of heading that way already anyway. Mm. I think you're spot on. I think uh, she's ideal would be the one I. I'd want to lay in this race. Uh, I think, yeah, she'll be looking for further. But some of those stays can flash a run first up, but then uh, the 1600s is just too sharp for them at their second prep, but uh, the second uh, run in the preparation. And I think uh, Cascading can roll for, more forward from uh, Barry Three. And it's a good little angle there with uh, Nash and his foot. And he may just be a little bit uh, sort of ring rusty, as you said. What about uh, the Concord Stakes? Uh, as Nature Strip, we already spoke about a little bit. Uh, with Glenn and his nice little trial there. Can Wild Ruler or Trekking knock this horse off? I was pretty happy. I've, I think I've found one at uh, Mooney Valley that I like in the 1,000-metre race. I was wrapped that he wasn't going to the valley. Sure. Uh, 
I, look, I've never, uh, I've never seen trekking at a thousand. Obviously, he's done it uh, twice at Rennie Valley and looked okay. Um, so Nate Strip is actually coming off probably his best win in the sense that he sat outside Eduardo in the TJ Smith and um, cruised away, which is not really the nature strip that we've been used to. We've been used to him being the bully up front and just um, getting conditions to suit or making conditions to suit himself. So, I mean, in that sense, he is coming off one of his better runs. Um, and whilst he can be a little bit problematic at the gates, um, he's basically got either Starboy or Adelong to keep him company. When, he, when he's been beaten in this race or these type of races, uh, either this race last year or the challenge stakes earlier this year. Um, the race earlier this year, he was led by Eduardo on the inside. And of course, um, he was led by Ball of Muscle 12 months ago. So there are two horses that put it to him. Um, I don't think sort of s- sitting on Starboy would be much of an issue if that had to be. Um, Adelong, I suppose, is a fly in the ointment in that she's found her career best form. She's an absolute short courser. She's coming off a short break. She's trolled up really well. And that gives Wild Ruler, who's unbeaten at Randwick, the, um, the or unbeaten on the course proper. He's been beaten at Kensington, of course. But uh, he's got the camp on these. He's very good fresh. And I can see the case for him. Um, so I think that there'll be some reaching for Nature Strip. And you might be get lucky enough to get $1.80, which I think is probably a fair bet. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's a yeah, it's a fascinating card. It's uh, you got Zaki later on the tramway, a tissue that's uh, put a nice little street together. It's uh, it's great racing at Randwick, that's for sure. All right, uh, I think we uh, we might wrap it up unless anyone else has got questions for Mark. But uh, should be a happy hunting ground uh, from now and for the next couple of weeks. The Sydney Carnival just absolutely lights up from here on in, and it's a great little entree to the main event, the Melbourne Spring Carnival. This is all happening. It's hard not to get excited about the races at the moment. That's all we got. And uh, it is all we've got. And, uh, of course, we're here at Racing Rant. We're on four or five times a week. It's, uh, it is, um, obviously, as you mentioned, a time of great focus and, um, you know, love getting around it. Fantastic stuff. All right, that's, uh, that is a wrap. We might uh, have a look at the top sport big bets and uh, we'll chat through those. Big thanks to Mark from Racing Rant at Rant Racing if you want to find them on Twitter. Let's have a look at the top sport big bets. We've got uh, Mooney Valley Race for number five, Pancho. Someone's launched 1,000 into, uh, into that horse at the $6. Thoughts there, Nico? Mm, looks a donation for mine. <laughs> I think he's going to be... Uh, left wanting in a much stronger race. I know he's in very good form, but he hasn't been sort of tackling the sort of horses that race there on Saturday. Harder Passants to Graves right down below the minimum. Um, yeah, I'd be happy to gap Pancho, to be honest. Mm. The other one here we've got is 500 at $13 on Star of the Seas. That's in the tramway. That is against Zaki. Uh, oh, I didn't think he did enough first up. Did you guys? Look, he's the kind of horse, if this predicted rain, like Mark's saying, does come in the second half of the program. He's a good wet tracker, so that will sort of help him out. But, uh, yes, Zaki's going to be, I think, very hard to beat in the tramway. And another horse here is Eight Diamonds. I think this has been back before, for memory. Uh, race nine at Randwick, number 16, Eight Diamonds. There's 1,850, so it's a, uh, it's a good-sized bet. That one, that's against King Sparta and Geis and Saquon. Uh, any thoughts there, lads? King of Sparta uh, ran a huge figure at Hawkesbury last start. Yeah, so dude. where that sort of takes him into his next few runs, not 100% sure. I don't even know if he'll run from the wide draw, but uh, 
No, not a huge opinion there, no. All right, that, uh, that is a wrap from us. It's, uh, it's been a great show. It's, uh, it's been an ISO show for me. If I test negative next Tuesday, I'll be back in the studio with the boys. So hopefully no one else pings in the meantime. But uh, I think we have to get, to get used to this with uh, more cases on the rise in Melbourne. Um, we'll be ducking and diving COVID and uh, it's going to be a very interesting spring and luckily uh, the horses keep going. If you want to uh, dig deeper into your spring form, make sure you check out puntingform.com.au. They've got the best horse racing database. It lives in the cloud so it doesn't take up any room on your computer and you can't automatically delete it. You don't have to update it. Uh, you just log in and log out and keep all your notes there. So make sure you check that out for spring, puntingform.com.au and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, Nico. Thanks, DK. Cheers, Coop. All right, if uh, you want more of our action, make sure you follow us on Twitter at TV or at LittleBirdieTV and find us where you get all your good podcasts or watch the YouTube show at LittleBirdieTV. TV.